0: Pakistan is bracing for possible political chaos as election results suggest a surge in favor of Imran Khan's independent candidates. But with no clear winning party yet, can the man seen as the military's choice, Nawaz Sharif, still forge a government? Hello and welcome to Worldview at the Hindu with me Sahasini Heather. Now results are still trickling in from Pakistan's elections and this is nearly 24 hours later. That itself is actually news because normally results are done within eight or nine hours of the polls closing in Pakistan. Uh, It's not a long drawn out affair. It finishes normally within a day. Uh, And yet, this has been the longest perhaps in a while, leading to fears of electoral manipulations. Whatever else is in doubt, this is certainly not the easy win that many had predicted for Nawaz Sharif and his Pakistan Muslim League, noon or PMLN as it's called. I'm not gonna confuse you by giving you figures that get dated, but what I will try to do is look at the broad trends, what possible outcomes there could be from them and what that means for Pakistan, Finally, how that changes the course, if at all, for the rest of the region, especially for India. So first, here's what you do need to know about Pakistan elections that were held, the general elections, uh, and how they were voted in. Firstly, Pakistan holds national assembly elections uh, for the parliament. 266 seats in the National Assembly. Also, provincial assembly elections, both at the same time. The National Assembly has 336 seats in all, so don't get confused because there are 266 that actually go to polls, but then there are 60 more that are reserved for women and 10 that are reserved for minorities in the country, those are nominated to the parties in proportion to the seats they already win. So it's a little more complex uh, when it comes to forming the National Assembly. 134 seats are needed by a party or a coalition to be invited to form the government. And if you look at the number of seats, uh, it is easy to see just how the state of Punjab, the Punjab province, is the main decider of the national government. The breakup of seats, if you look at a map of Pakistan, shows Punjab with 141 seats, Sindh with 61 seats, Khyber Pakhtunkhwa, or what used to be known as NWFP, has 45 seats, Balochistan has 16 seats, and then there's the Islamabad capital territory that has another three seats. So what you see over there uh, is the breakup of the seats? There's been a delimitation recently. In fact, some of the numbers of seats have actually come down in Pakistan since the previous time. Then, at the same time, they do the elections for provincial or state assembly. Uh, that's for Punjab, Sindh, Balochistan, Khyber Pakhtunkhwa assemblies. Broad trends over there are a little clearer than the national picture. So they seem to give Sindh to the traditional party, the Pakistan People's Party of Benazir Bhutto, originally of. Or her father, Zulfiqar Ali Bhutto, before that, KPK uh, seems to be going to independence affiliated to Imran Khan. Why the independence, we'll tell you in just a bit. Punjab is seeing many wins by the independence, but it seems Nawaz Sharif's PMLN is likely to form the state assembly there. It should also be noted that while independence were winning by very large leads across the country overnight. By the next afternoon, that's Friday, it seemed many of those results had flipped around in favor of the PMLN. So there are a lot of uh, accusations that these aren't actually the correct results, that there was a, there was a different trend emerging right after uh, the polling ended and one that has changed now. But we do have to see why these elections are standing out, why 2024 elections in Pakistan are really standing out uh, compared to previous elections in 2018 and 2013 and before that. The first, what we're seeing, is the man who is seen as the most popular and certainly seems from some of the trends, former Prime Minister Imran Khan, he's in jail. Uh, He was disqualified from standing after being charged with corruption, misappropriation of funds, also a case of national security, the cyber saga, as it was known, the the cipher saga as it was known. He has not been able to campaign or speak to supporters, put an audio out, and they have in fact ended up using things like artificial intelligence, social media, and other imaginative means to reach their voters. On voting day, the government actually suspended the internet, telephone communications were down as well, leading to more allegations from Imran Khan's party that this was an attempt to manage the outcome, to stop people from being able to access the internet. The second, while leaders of major parties have often been in jail during elections, um, firstly, remember in 2018 as well, Nawaz Sharif had been uh, uh, imprisoned, he had been uh, convicted, of charges. This is the first time since 2008, however, that a political party itself has been stopped from the campaign. Imran Khan's PTI lost not just its leader, but its recognition and also its party symbol, which is the cricket bat. Uh, Obviously, in subcontinental elections, the symbol is very important for voters who may not be as well read. As a result, every independent candidate representing the PTI. They may be affiliated to Imran Khan's party, but every candidate has had to take a separate symbol uh, depending on what was available in their constituency. So they put up independent candidates in each of the Pakistanis' 266 seats. Also, Nawaz Sharif, the former prime minister who had earlier been disqualified and sentenced to prison, has been given protection from arrest for now. He's been given a waiver on the charges against him Uh, where he had been disqualified. He was allowed to return to Pakistan as a result after four years. Now, analysts do say, and I said this earlier, analysts do say that this election is a mirror image of 28 elections when Imran Khan won the elections while Nawaz Sharif was convicted and then sentenced to prison. But what has made this again truly different is that the PTI remained in the running. It's remained, it didn't give up standing for elections Despite the restrictions, what we've seen is people have registered a strong turnout. Despite the cynicism, the votes uh, for a record number of independents certainly show that there was both a political and a public resistance to the outcome that was seen as the military establishment's favorite for this election. So if the narrative was that the military establishment was set to win and, you know, the cynicism, We've often spoken about that. No matter who's on the ballot in Pakistan, it is the military establishment. It is, uh, for the moment, General Asim Munir who will actually call the shots in the country. It does seem as if these election results, in the beginning, uh, seem to be a sort of pushback against those. Regardless of of uh, what the narrative is at the moment, once the seats are all declared, and as it's known. What are the possible outcomes that could come from this kind of a vote, where we are seeing uh, PTI-affiliated independents doing the best of all, but it is PMLN, Nawaz Sharif's party that is the largest party. Uh, The first possible outcome, a hung assembly in which no party wins a clear majority, and even the PMLN, the PPP, other parties are not able to forge a winning coalition. Uh, This could lead to long-term chaos, and we could see a hung assembly bleeding into other issues of Pakistan's polity. The second possible outcome, Nawaz Sharif's PMLN goes ahead, stakes its claim to form the government as it is the biggest party, and then manages to win a confidence vote by turning independents to shift their allegiance from the PTI to PMLN or getting more support from the PPP and other parties uh, in the Pakistani elections. This does seem for the moment for those viewing it in Pakistan as the most Most possible outcome. Uh, The third, even the PPP, Bilawal Zardari Bhutto is is of course one of the big candidates from there. Even the PPP does have a path to power as it could be seen as the lesser of two evils by Imran Khan affiliated independents and they might forge some kind of a a coalition and go to parliament with those. Uh, Finally, the PTI's independent candidates uh, could sign support for one of their leaders and form a coalition of their own. And remember, in here, the president who has to invite the next prime minister to form a government is still Arif Alvi, and he belongs to Imran Khan's PTI party. So it's quite a complex scenario, and really, every kind of assertion in Pakistani politics today is seeing a pushback of some sort or the other. Each of these outcomes, of course, could see a massive backlash on the streets as well, or from establishment-backed militia. Uh, or we could see mass arrests and the violence could take a turn for the worst. Just to look at history in Pakistan in the last such elections that perhaps was so contested that the person who was uh, winning the elections wasn't allowed really to take charge uh, was uh, uh, 1970, where East Pakistan's Mujibur Rahman won the elections, the army league won the elections then in 1970, but this was not accepted. The president then was Yahya Khan. Eventually, this led to mass protests, violence, that saw the creation of Bangladesh a year later. So very dramatic elections when this last happened. Um, We've seen elections after that, after Zia ul Haq. And remember, for much of Pakistan's history, it has been under military rule, uh, uh, martial law and others. Uh, Elections in the post Zia ul Haq phase uh, in 1993, 1996, From 2008 to 2018 have all seen the military range in favor. It comes down in favor of one party or the other. In different elections, it's a different party. Uh, Leading to Pakistani elections really being called often selections and not elections. Even so, in the past, what we have seen is that the results get more or less accepted by uh, all the political parties involved. And the question is, Once these results come out in 2024, will they be accepted by all of the political parties or will there be a pushback? Uh, In 2013, in fact, Imran Khan began a nationwide campaign against the election results when Sharif won. He claimed it was a stolen election and that eventually led to a change in the government. If you remember the container rallies of Imran Khan and also remember that no Pakistani prime minister has ever actually completed a full term in office and this is due mainly to the military's interference. So the picture I'm drawing for you really 24 hours into the Pakistani election and those results is one of possible chaos and possible more management from the military establishment. What could all this mean uh, for the region? What could it mean for India? Of course, concerns about Pakistan heading into political chaos, causing regional instability, uh, given that Pakistan has unstable borders with Iran, Afghanistan, also uh, some of that border with India, the LOC, uh, those are always a kind of worry. Will there be some kind of conflagration at Pakistan's boundaries if it seems as if there's a huge pushback against the establishment? The second, uh, Pakistan's economy has been in free fall. It's the biggest challenge for whoever does come to power next. Confidence in its recovery may plunge further with uncertainty. In fact, over the elections when they when the markets opened on, uh, um, on Friday, the Karachi Stock Exchange dropped 2,000 points just uh, at the beginning. The third question, the question's over an IMF default, greater dependence on China. Remember, China holds an estimated $67 billion in loans to Pakistan at present, a large part of them from the CPEC, the China-Pakistan Economic Corridor Projects, and any kind of an electoral instability, political instability could lead to a further economic collapse. A spike in terrorism ahead of elections is another big worry. There have already been blasts in Balochistan. We saw dozens killed before the polls. TTP attacks in Khyber Pakhtunkhwa could spill over in the rest of the region. And certainly given the number of terror groups that have operated out of Pakistan, any kind of instability at the top, if there's a haze at the top, could lead to concerns about that terrorism spilling over across the region. Finally, in a subcontinent where Bangladesh, Pakistan, Maldives, India, Sri Lanka are all due for elections this year, the appearance of manipulated elections certainly does set off a trend and perhaps stars the entire neighborhood. So what's worldview's take? From the start, the elections in Pakistan have been seen as an unfair match, where one side, which is the PTI, arguably the most popular still, had to run, Uh, the election without their captain, without their cricket bat, without a level playing field, and the umpires seeming to rule against them at every turn. While that will only increase the cynicism worldwide over democracy in Pakistan, pragmatism in the region may involve forging some kind of engagement with whoever is in power in the country, as New Delhi has done now with the Taliban in Afghanistan. Overall, it may be best to do nothing at all until the dust settles on these very contested election results. We're certainly gonna keep an eye on it for you, but let's also get you the reading recommendations on uh, on Pakistan, and of course I've spoken about most of these books in the past as well. There's The Nine Lives of Pakistan, Dispatches from a Divided Nation. Uh, this is by a journalist, Declan Walsh. In fact, a lot of the great books on Pakistan right now are uh, either journalists or diplomats. Uh, there's this one, which I urge you to read, called The Struggle for Pakistan, a Muslim Homeland, and Global Politics by Aisha Jalal, it's about the creation of Pakistan, very important insights there. A new book called Anger Management, The Troubled Diplomatic Relationship Between India and Pakistan by Ajay Bisaria. He was the last known Indian uh, High Commissioner to Pakistan, there's been none since 2019. Uh, and he's written a real uh, as seen uh, book, he's, he's really given a lot of details of his own tenure in office, but also the history. Uh, There's another diplomat called the uh, TCA Raghavan, and he has a book called The People Next Door, The Curious History of India-Pakistan Relations. Uh, He adds quite a lot of fun anecdotes in this book as well. And finally, a book uh, I really think tells you a lot about the India-Pakistan relationship, but also the political and the military establishment's role in that relationship from a Pakistani perspective, and that's neither a hawk nor a dove, an insider's account of Pakistan's foreign policy by a very famous man who used to be Pakistan's foreign minister, Khushib Mahmood Kasuri. Now there's lots still happening. As I said, the election results in Pakistan are still a work in progress. So we hope to come back for you on Worldview with much more, but that's it for now from the team. Thanks for watching.